Welcome back to another episode of the Officially Street Podcast. I'm Jay Omega, that's at J Omega S on every social media network. And as you guys can tell by the intro music, this episode we're bringing back the Survivor Series stories. Survivor Series is a derivative of the Officially Street Podcast, and our goal with this series is to educate and bring awareness to different subject matters and topics that directly impact our culture and generation. Last season was centered around different forms of cancer, the importance of taking care of your health, and not to ignore signs that your body is giving to you. We sat down with five individuals who fought and beat cancer, and unfortunately we sat down with someone who lost their father to cancer. This season of the Survivor Series is called Wrongfully Convicted. We sat down with a few people that were accused of crimes that they did not commit. We were not able to finish this season due to COVID-19. However, after the year we had, we felt it only right to get these stories out to you guys and delay no further. In episode one of season two, we sat down with Tahoe Jenkins of the So Shameless and Heart of Soft podcast. Tahoe tells stories of living the street life, growing up in the jungle while trying to earn a place in society, working on Wall Street, hustling, drug dealing, shootouts for territory and respect, police chases on motorcycles going up and down Fulton and Nostrand Avenue on opposing sides of traffic. He recalls the living conditions for inmates on Rikers Island and what his experience was like during his time there. The kinds of stories he tells, and there are many in this episode, are those of legend and ones that'll keep you on the edge of your seat until the very end. We all know that the system is not meant for us, and we all know that things aren't going to get better until policies change. It's 2021, we got a new president, we don't know what the future is going to hold, but it's got to be better than the last four years, right? Make sure you're following us on social media at TOSpodcast underscore SO, and follow Tahoe at Tahoe underscore TV. Enjoy. When you get locked up, you normally go to jail so that you can go to court, right? Okay. So you go to jail and you wait for your trial. Sometimes you wait outside, you know, you on bail or whatever, and mm-hmm. sometimes they lock you up. Now, I went to both because I wound up getting convicted later on or something else, but that's a later story. But I did go on the island, so I had to go. And when I say the island, there's only one island that counts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In the in the game here in New York, and that's Rikers Island. And Rikers Island is let's keep it like this. Most people say Rikers Island is worse than going upstate. It's worse than the penitentiary. Because you got animals, young niggas, murderers. They don't give a fuck about nothing. They don't know what it's like to bid. To bid is different. You get in. It's your life. You don't really want to fuck up your life unless it's necessary. Right? So you got a whole lifestyle. On the island, your lifestyle is outside. So you're still living. You're you're a beast on the island. You're fighting for a name. You got bloods, crips. You got niggas that lifers. You got niggas that's that you got niggas in, in on the island that know they going to jail forever. And they mad. And they don't want to hear nothing. From you little niggas all day. They ain't tired of seeing you little niggas walking around like y'all bad. Right? I seen a nigga get his head knocked off for a nigga, you know, you get you, you get horny, right? So you go in your little your little cell, you put up your 
you put up your sheets around the cell so people know. You put the sheets around, not just cell, you, you put it on the, uh, say you, the Islanders has dorms, right? Mm. So it's, it's bathrooms where everybody got to use the bathroom. And you know, just like in a public restroom, you got your own little stall, right? Where you take shit at. You can't beat off in, in the dorm with 30 niggas laying next to you. So you go in the bathroom, you go in your little stall, you bring your sheet from your bed and you wrap it around the bathroom stall, the toilet. You sit there, you get your magazines, whatever you watch. Big Blood was in there getting money. That's what we call it, getting money. I cashed out a lot in jail. <laughs> All right, I was a millionaire. <laughs> Come down to it. I fucked every chick in every book ever. <laughs> I owe a lot of people thank yous. <laughs> Appreciation. But, right? Jada Fire, I, I got to take Jada Fire to dinner. <laughs> <laughs> I owe her. I owe Jada Fire. Facts. Right? You know, the fact that you were saying this with a straight face. This is real. Because <laughs> this is right what now. I was known for. Yeah. Yeah, I gave up plenty of fucking cookies and shit like that for a magazine because it's currency, mm -hmm. right? So yeah. let me go, y'all, give you two packs of cookies. Let me hold that magazine. I got to fuck that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> y'all laughing. I'm dead. This is my life. You mm -hmm. take that shit seriously. Mm -hmm. Right? Big Blood was in there getting money. He had the sheet wrapped around. But just like it's niggas from East New York or, or dope fiends or crackheads or bloods, crips, whatever, there's also motherfucking Mexicans in there that might have got locked up for pushing an ice cream cart. And it was an illegal shit or maybe he ain't have whatever. Domestic violence, whatever. There's people in there that ain't even street. They, they locked up. They can't for bail. They right there on the island. Mexico ain't know no better. He got to pee. He pulls the sheet back to go pee. Big blood in there getting money. Wah, wah. He looks up like, what the fuck? But like I said, it's niggas in there that are so angry. Ain't no sorry. Man. Boy came out of that stall dick hard and went to work on that Mexican. Beat him so bad, son. I'm on the phone. I'm kidding. No lie, son. So I wasn't ready to bid. I wasn't ready. When I was on the island, I wasn't ready. I never been in prison before. I knew I was going to prison. I'm on the phone with my home. I just left to left for some money, left my life. And I'm around these niggas that don't give a fuck. And this nigga is now beating on a Mexican with his dick out, beating the shit out of him, picked him up, slammed him on his head, kicking him, stomping him. Like, that, that was about to be my life. I'm Next like, question. Right when you got in there, you saw Yeah, that right shit, in man. there. Right in there. You got niggas. I ain't, I ain't gonna hold you. I knew it was real on the way in. My first day in there, I'm in a room. I'm in, I'm in front of all these niggas. Niggas talk about this, my phone. Bad bro, I ain't got time for all that. Me personally, but I'm a skinny nigga. First of all, I lost about, I want to say about 20 pounds before I went up north. Stressed. I was on trial for attempted murder. I'm stressed. You know, my life was over. I knew my life was over. One way or another. I had two charges. I got arrested twice for drugs. And I, then I got arrested in a three-month period, twice for drugs, and then the third time for attempted murder. I knew my life was over as I knew it. You know what I mean? So I was losing weight. I was losing weight. You know what I mean? Like Cam said. So I got in there my first day in there, started doing push-ups in front of everybody, right in front of the day room. <laughs> Many as I could. Yeah. Seven. 
Stood up. You know, move your arms around, try to shake it off, do four more, nigga. Yo, because you know it's coming. One, it's coming. You know what I mean? Um, but I knew on the intro, Lil Bloods was running around acting stupid. CEO, the CEO came in there, nigga smacked the CEO. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Like, yeah. this is the, this, he's the protection. Yeah, the CEO it. runs out of there, comes back. No, he ain't, no. They, they, they fucked it. He smacked the CEO. The CEO takes out his uh, mace. So dude must have ran. He must have ran or something. I can't remember how he got the bucket. But the CEO was trying to mace him. And so, boom, you know the buckets where you're you moving and it's like the container. You might slide under your bed yeah, yeah, and yeah. it has a, the top on it. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. nigga's catching the mace in the container. <laughs> what, what kind of animal thinks of that? I'm in there. The, the CEO's macing him in with everybody else. He's catching the shit and hitting the nigga with the bucket. That's what? wild. Yo. Where did he find niggas like this? <laughs> yeah. I'm in here for drugs. I wasn't prepared. I might have did my gunplay, you know, because you see it on TV. You pop, 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 you know, but I, that's his war. This nigga's a warrior. That's crazy. And I still got to use the phone. I still got to eat. I still got to sleep around these niggas. I don't have no friends. I'm not gang affiliated. And I ain't no sucker. There's never going to be a time. I don't care how much mace you catch. I don't care what blood part you from. You're not going to just punk me. But I'm scared. I am mm -hmm. scared. Because somebody's going to try it. And what I'm going to do? Blood niggas is 10, 15 deep in every room. What I'm going to do? You're not going to. I'm not coming back to Notion Ave. Niggas talking about how they did me in jail. I don't give a fuck about nothing. All I got is my manhood. Y'all not taking that from me in here. I'm not going to do a year on my knees, nigga. I'm not. So I do my little seven push-ups and read books and stayed in my bed and just waited. You feel me? Can you tell us... Um so earlier, well, when we were talking before, you said that you went and turned yourself in. Can you tell us the yeah. story of that day and what made you I decide mean, to go do that? First off, I was on bail, 40000 something like that. I had to pay cash. My moms had put up my house because I was on trial for attempted murder. Um, so you, a lot of niggas talk about, oh, you can't. Why would you turn yourself in? Catch me if you can, gingerbread man, but I'm going to just let my moms lose her house that I now own? <laughs> right? I ain't, you know, I, I, might, I was always a character type of nigga. I got a character. I got good character. You know, I might have been a drug dealer, hustler, whatever, whatever, but I'm not no corny nigga. You feel me? So when I took, basically, there's a whole story there, and I don't know how much time we're going to have, but yeah, I went to trial for attempted murder. I got acquitted. That's a whole story right there. But basically, after I got acquitted, I still owed them two charges. Once when they caught me selling drugs, and another time when I was riding my motorcycle, and I like running from the police. So they tried to pull me. I'm like, you niggas dead serious. You know who you fucking with? Because I was an animal on the motorcycles. Mm. I'd ride up Nostrand Avenue, one of the main thoroughfares on Nostrand, on, on, in Brooklyn, Wheeling and through the cars going the wrong way. Through the car. Mm -mm -mm. 
The nigga's like, yo, this nigga crazy. <laughs> but it becomes a time in life, once you give up your life to the game, you crazy. It's, it's you really crazy. You don't care. You don't respect just your own life. Yeah. You know what I mean? You doing things where your life is not a, it's not a factor. Did you feel yourself turning into that person? Like, obviously- I, I knew when I did, but that's a whole different. I mean, you want me to. No, no, I'm, I mean, it was just a quick question. You don't got into too much detail. I mean, you still kind of got to talk about the day you. It was, a, it was a process over a long period of time that I, I, I started giving up who I wanted to be, who I felt. You know, my mom's wanted me to go to school. I had cool friends like Trom and shit like that, but I never felt safe. I always felt I I I did it. I was I was a victim for too long. I'm a Cosby kid. I grew up in a million dollar house. It's a million dollars now, but I grew up with my, my mom's. I had things and I went to school, but anytime one of these niggas felt like it, I remember, I remember I went to Bronx High School of Science, which is a big school out here in New York. It's a very small school, right? I spent the majority of my day that day robbing Asian kids and white kids. Right? I, the night before, I had stayed up till maybe five, six in the morning listening to Stretch Armstrong and Bob Beatles. It's, it's like hip hop. Uh, station where all of the exclusive shit would come out. This is before DJ Clue tapes and before all of that shit, right? So you would only hear exclusive shit on this radio show 4 a.m. in the morning. You had to stay up 3 a.m. and the shit would just come on out the blue. It'd be some fucking infomercial at 2.59 and the next thing you know you're listening to Nas rap some shit that you never heard before. I taped it. Right? The next day, so I had it all on tape. I'm listening to this shit like, yo, this is crazy. <laughs> I spend the majority of my day at Bronze Science robbing people that day. Because I was, I was very, uh, I wanted to prove myself to me. I don't know why, but I, I just wanted to be something. I don't, I, there's a word, I got to find that. I don't know what I was looking for, but I was. Maybe my dad, I don't know. I, I was aggressive. I was rebelling. I get on the train to come home with all of these Walkmans and shit. I got a Walkman. I'm listening to my tape and my new Walkman and shit. And I get off the train and these niggas now in Brooklyn, you get off the train, there's 30 niggas on the corner. You try to walk past them. You don't look at them. Because as soon as you look, they like, what you looking at? Next to you know, they in your ass, mm -hmm. right? So you walk past them. I'm trying to boogie back to the park so I can play basketball. Nigga like, yo, what up? Yo, what you playing on the walkie? On the, I'm like, oh yeah, that's the shit from, because I knew him from playing the park. This nigga Beagle. He's like, oh, let me hear that. So I'm like, yeah, this shit hard. I, listen, I got it last night. I let him hear it. He said, you good. Go ahead, get out of here. I'm like, can I get my tape? <laughs> I done spent all day playing like I was tough to these niggas. And this nigga, one sweet, he ain't had to do nothing. Do nothing Me, I'm just, I'm going to niggas' book bags behind their back. I ain't even taking it from them. <laughs> this nigga looked at me in my face and said, get the fuck out of here. what I do? I got the fuck out of here. I felt like that for a long part of my life. No brothers, no father. My friends is all intellectuals. But I lived out here in the jungle. I didn't like that feeling. You know what I mean? It's something I had to live with for a long time. I never liked that. And 
I wasn't never comfortable in my shoes until I, I, I got rid of him. The scared nigga inside of me. You understand? So, you it, that's what it that's what that was. But as far as um going to jail, so you know, I wound up having to turn myself in. I had these two drug charges. I had to turn myself in. I left one of the realest chicks I ever fucked with. At the time, that's a whole nother story. But I knew that she was my connection to the game. I knew I had to get away from the game. I wanted to. I had proven myself already several times over to the point where I knew I was going to die. I came face to face with death several times. A nigga came to hit, a nigga came to kill me one day and I saw him and I ain't had no gun on me and he was ready and I wasn't ready. I had a slice of pizza in my hand, a pizza box. He came, walked up to the pizza shop. I'm getting two slices of pizza. Nigga looked at me. I guess he ain't see where I went. So he looked at me in the pizza shop. He said, I got him when he comes out. I seen it in his face. All right, there he is. I got him. All I got is a fucking pizza box. You know, told dude, I told the dude, pick up two pizza slices in the box, bro. I took the box. I put my hand under the box. Like I had the hammer under the box. I come out the shop and I point the box like... He's like, oh, we, we right here is broad daylight, Fulton Street, Fulton and Ocean, broad daylight. We walking 15 feet away from each other, step by step. I'm walking towards him. He walking back. Because I guess he didn't want to give it up right there. Me, I don't have no choice. If I start running, he's just going to shoot me. I have no choice. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I got to be aggressive. If he sees weakness in me, he just going to start blowing. So he don't know what I got. I know what you got. You got enough where you can hide. My shit behind this box, I'm about to give it to you. What you want? And I'm ready. What's up? Nigga, I ain't got nothing. <laughs> I ain't had a cell phone, nothing. The nigga walked across the street. So I'm by KFC. Now he on the other side. So basically, I came, what I'm saying is I came, you know, to, 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 to face with death a few times. At the end of the day, I wound up having to turn myself in. Um, and I went to live with my now baby mother. And the day I the day I woke up, you know, I always had a problem with the fact that she ain't never showed me no emotion. And um she started crying. And she knew, I knew she had to go to work and shit. I'm sitting there thinking, this is my last night. This is my last sunset. And it's a weird feeling. It's a very airy feeling. I don't think nobody's ever felt like this. Unless you know what it's like to go turn yourself in for five years, a year, 20 years, whatever. You, it's a very, very weird feeling to say I'm about to give, put myself in handcuffs. What? Yeah. What? When you've been living so crazy? Mm -hmm. I went... She made breakfast. She started crying. She went to work. I smoked my last blunt. <laughs> right? I stuffed the rest in my ass. That's called buffing it. You know what I mean? <laughs> you got to throw that shit dead up in your intestines somewhere. You know what I mean? Bean said it the Bean said it the uh, worst. You got to shit it out. 
you shouldn't have ran in your hand. Some shit being mm. said, right? But yeah, man, you go to the courthouse and um, it's a very eerie feeling. You get on the train and every stop you get closer to the last moment outside. And everybody's going about their life. And you realize, and you're watching. So the whole time I was hustling, I used to watch them go to work. And I'd be laughing like, look at these motherfuckers, robots. You fucking slaves to the system. Look at y'all. Yeah. And it's the same, I'm looking at the same people. Even if it's not the same faces, it's a different juxtaposition now because they going about their lives. And, and I'm glowing. I got an ill, corny, jail glow. I'm going in. I got a feeling like I'm the only person on this train that's about to do some this wild ride. And nobody knows. They all going about their life. You get in there. They take you in the back. They strip you. They put you in this type of clothes, this, that, and the other. You, 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 you go up to the, and they take you to the island and you start your bid. Mm, shit was horrible. Just the months on the island. The rest was cool, though. I actually could live up. I could live in jail. <laughs> Why you say that? Because you get food, you get fed, you, you, you wind up getting into your routine. Once you got your respect, you, you, the weights is there. I gained like 30 pounds. You ever see people come home from jail? They look good. They've been bidding. They've been eating on time. Three, four, five times a day. They get in with their crew. They playing basketball. They working out. They reading. Now, man, you know, I've read more in jail than I've ever read in my life. You know what I mean? How long were you in jail? Just a year and change. I had a one, a punk one to three. You know, it's funny. I was crying about being in jail for my one to three. That's still one to three. My first cellmate had 32 years in. I was in jail for 31. I was 31 when I went to jail. That means the year... My mom's and my dad was fucking. He got locked up for, for, and, and never came home. He asked me how much time I had. And I was like, it ain't even that serious. Because I was embarrassed mm -hmm. to tell him that. Right? Couldn't tell him I had a one to three and I'm in here stressing about how my baby mother acting or what's going on, you know? This nigga did 32 years already. What the fuck I'm going to tell this nigga? I got to shut up and listen mm -hmm. at this point. So, you know, shit like that, you know. Take us through a day. What it, is it like they say it is on television, being in prison? Like, what? take us through a day of you saying you can live there. <laughs> I mean, it's a difference. Jail and the... the I'm gonna tell, so, boom, right? You get up north. Uh, the Rikers Island is one thing, right? I get to Rikers Island and for one, niggas that I was shooting at or niggas that was shooting at me, matter of fact, because I never had, I never had gunplay with them. As a matter of fact, that's the niggas, the whole team. I was at war, me by myself, I was at war with a whole team of niggas because I was hustling on their block. And I, I've always been at war now that I think about it with a whole team of niggas. But this time, they was on me. Um, so the nigga that I, I had, the pizza box nigga, his man was locked up with me. That's crazy. I didn't know them. I didn't know who I was at war with. I just knew that these niggas kept showing up, doing shit, and I would kept glimpses of their face. Niggas shooting at you, you don't, 
You ain't gonna be like, hey, you know, do, write a sketch, yeah. right? You don't know. Boom. So the nigga introduced himself to me in the jail. But he did it in a way which was like taunting me. Yeah, yeah, we used to give it to you from Nostrand. Yeah, we used to give it to this nigga named Tahoe from Nostrand. I'm sitting on a bed, like I said, I'm by myself. I stood up like, yo, homie, I'm Tahoe, what's up? Mm. He like, I knew what it was. You, 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 out of all these niggas over here, you did not just come to me to talk about Tahoe. So I'm like, I'm owning it. What's up? I'm here. You got your mans. What we doing? He like, nah. He like, yo, blood. I was in the street. I was sent to do what I had to do with you. It is what it is. Right? I'm not saying he chumped out, but he wasn't on some aggressive shit. I don't know whether he was just trying to fail me out or whatever. Didn't really know who I was. Maybe he felt, maybe he felt I was just as strong as he could be. So he ain't want to go that hard because he might have had to answer to that. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if he was paid off to do it. Nothing. Whatever he did in the street. So we had our confrontation moment. We pieced it out. But that was a daily life. You never know. Matter of fact, another story. A nigga, I asked a nigga to fix one of my motorcycles. I had about three, four motorcycles. The nigga takes it for a ride around the corner. The nigga never comes back. For me, you don't do that to me. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like I was mad, but I wasn't because I already knew what had to happen. Right. Oh, he took it? All right. Right? It's, <laughs> okay. That's how you gave it up, homie? I don't know what you thought that bike was worth. I guarantee it's not worth what you think it's worth. Mm-hmm. All right, you got it. I got more so good. He, so, nigga, I, wanted, I was looking for him everywhere. Middle of the night. I climbed somebody's fence in the middle of the night. They say he lived there. I, I went to Queens on a, a North Conduit Drive. They say he lived over there. I climbed a fence, nigga. I'm looking for this nigga gunplay ready. Good. Just because I, I ain't even want to talk to this nigga. Right? I went to the strip club. They had a, uh, back in the days, they had these um, after hour strip clubs. Mm-hmm. Not starless and all that. They had the shit where the bitches was dead fucking in the back. <laughs> Right? The people who didn't want to be around other people, that's where they went. Long story short, I get to jail, I see him. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> Boy, you couldn't wait. <laughs> but no, I'm going to keep it real because I'm starting my bed. I'm nervous. Like, damn, I got to get him now. Now I got to get him. Right. But I ain't want to start that right now. Mm. I'm trying to I'm trying to get in. But there's no way I can allow him to let niggas know what he did and there's no retaliation. So now I got to get him. He see me. I see him. It, Ty, let me talk to you. He come. To, Ty, I'm not, yo, I'm telling you, I was 138 pounds maybe at the time. I wasn't no big nigga. I didn't know too many people. I knew a couple people, but it's my first time on the island. I'm used to living free in the street, right? Yeah. He been in there for a minute. He have his blood. He could have did anything to me. Ty, let me talk to you. Before you could even say anything to he him. He knew what he it was. Went, okay. He knew what it was. Apparently, he had knew what I was looking for him. Okay. But it was what it was, right? Now, I'm telling you, I'm not no big, tough guy looking nigga. He could have folded me. He could have had niggas do me. He's blood. It's a million bloods on the island. Mm. 
Let me talk to you. Son, I didn't mean for it to go down like that. I know how you feel. Let me make it right. I don't want to talk to the nigga, but I also don't want to be aggressive to make him feel like I'm pushing him into a corner. So now you trying to... Dukes, Dukes, it's all good. You know what it is. I gave it to him like that because I wasn't really sure how I wanted to move yet. We in the yard. I, I'm not prepared, right? He like, yo, I'm running this shit. Trust me. I got you. I'm like, yo, I, all right, homie. Because you already a liar. I ain't, you took my shit. Talking about you going to fight. You going to fix my shit. You took my shit. And you knew I was looking for you. And you kept dodging me. So it's what it is. Ain't really nothing to talk about. We talking about a day in the life. I get back to my dorm. Matter of fact, I was in the cells. My classification ain't dropped yet. When you get there, they put you in the cells. When you get to the island, they put you in your cells. You went there, the niggas that look like they on the wire. I guarantee, like, like, like uh, Oz. Mm. Okay. You get in them cells, it's niggas in there that look like they on Oz, my nigga. Bro. <laughs> you a drug dealer, you weigh 138 pounds, you never did no real nothing. These niggas in there look like they've been lifting their whole life. <laughs> Tattooed everywhere. Uh, the, the, the racist niggas with the, the shit, the, the Aryan niggas, the dread niggas. Like, you, who the fuck am I going to do in here with these <laughs> niggas? I don't have no gun. Right. When you're in the street, that's your strength. Nigga, most of us couldn't fight, right? <laughs> <laughs> Keep it real. Most of us can't fight. You see two niggas trying to fight. These niggas look y'all niggas crazy. <laughs> crazy. Y'all niggas don't talk this out because this is a waste of time. Y'all somebody, when are y'all gonna stub y'all toe? <laughs> these niggas shake. You could tell these niggas shake. These niggas been fighting, right? So you go to your cell. Boom. When they when you get there, they don't know how they're gonna house you. So they put you in a cell until they figure it out. They don't know if you were killer, warrior, murderer, whatever. They don't know if you just stole a purse. So everybody gets a cell till they figure it out. And as you stay there and they figure it out, they, lock, they lower your classifications. If you're a blood, you go to a blood house, crip, you go to a crip house. If you're a murderer, you go to a high penitentiary, whatever. In the cell, you really don't leave the cell room. You go into the area, same in Oz, where everybody's at, but you go up to your cell. They give you your food right in that same room. You don't leave that room. But it's other inmates that serve your food. Mm. Right? Remember I was telling you about the homie that took my bike. Mm -hmm. I go to the fucking thing to get my food. The nigga leans in and said, yo, you Tahoe, right? I let what? Because at first I ain't understand. He's like, you Tahoe, right? Ta? From Notion? I said, yeah. Nigga start piling food on my plate. Boop, 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 boop. Threw me a, a box of cigarettes. Huh, this from the big blood. I'm like, I'm walking back to my cell with all of this shit on my plate all of a sudden because I had already eaten there that morning. I didn't, remember, I went to the yard. Mm -hmm. This nigga already word got back. Like I said, he could have murdered me in there. Mm -hmm. That's how fast the word got back. Got all this food on my plate, right? Boom. That same day, maybe a week later, I'm walking in the hallway. Yo, you Tahoe, right? Yeah, what up? Somebody asked you, what's up? What's up? Mm. Yo, put, open your hands. This nigga, like, empty the whole magazine full 
a tobacco in my hand. Now, tobacco is a high commodity in there. You stress, nigga. You just got the, a whole thing, Jack. When I'm talking about not no cigarette, like, mm. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> Put the shit in my shirt. Like, <laughs> right? Because you're walking around stressed. That's from the big blood. Son, that shit kept happening to me. The nigga put my name on the good side of things. That shit followed me all the way up north. That shit followed me all the way up north. Right? But on, that's the good side. There's also bad sides. Because niggas do see that you're 138 pounds. And niggas might not be connected to the bloods. Niggas might just want a little clout or might be a dummy. It's a lot of dummies in jail. That's how they got in jail. I'm on the phone with my moms one day when I got up north. And the nigga said, yo, how much longer are you going to be on the phone? Ain't nothing else to talk about. Right. What makes you think? You, would you talk? Would I have talked to Adebisi like that? Right. Would I have talked to one of them dread niggas or, or the Aryan nigga like that? Would, would I have even asked him a question? Right. You ready for action already? It wasn't no ready. It's right to it. Right. Moms had to hear everything. Oh, click. What? Boop, 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 boop. Fought him all the way back to his fucking, his bed, nigga. And into the bed, nigga. <laughs> that nigga went and laid down. And he's bigger than me, but you got to think about it. My mother's on the phone. Right. My mother's on the phone. Like, that's the... That you don't want your mother to hear you get punked, hear you going through stress in this situation, right? So it's certain times where you turn into somebody else. Your kids, your family, your girl, your moms. I know niggas that might have been a punk their whole life over money, drugs, all of that. But you ain't going to do them like that in front of his kid. Maybe not. Some niggas pussy like that. But... Nah, a a lot of times, my moms, I'm not going to allow you to do me like that, make her feel like I'm in the bad. But even so, her be probably being on the phone hearing me go off because I ain't even start, we ain't even talk. I got up and went right in his mouth and didn't stop. It wasn't no punch, let's fight. No, there's a difference between fighting and war. Fighting means I'm ready to go one, two with you. No, no, no. I'm here to fight. I'm fucking you up all the way back to his bed. So it is a different, it's a whole lot of different. When you say a day in the life, you really never know what you're going to get. It's like you have a routine, but every day is still different. You never know what you're going to get. A lot of times you wake up, you're trying to fight your, your case. You know what I mean? How, how did you get off on the attempted murder charge? Uh, Sam, I, I feel You had like a I, good lawyer or? My mom hired a lawyer. Um, a lot of my life, I ain't going to lie, I ain't been the smartest nigga in the world. But I will tell you that before I was in the streets, I was on Wall Street. I used to read law all day. And I made the lawyer give me a copy of my file. So I'm in my room, in my cell, on my bed. Basically, I wasn't even supposed to be in jail. Uh, I didn't do the, the shooting this time. and. Um, Nah, so I was a disrespectful nigga in the street. Very disrespectful nigga. Same way I am right now. If you look at me on Twitter, I'm disrespectful. I laugh, he joked, but that's that's I'm 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 a wild nigga, right? You don't see it in my face no more. I'm a whole different nigga. That was we're talking about I got locked up 13 years ago, 14 years ago. I'm a completely I don't recognize me now 
if we're talking about him back then. He's a completely different nigga. I don't talk like him. I don't act like him. I don't think like him. I'm not moving like him. I'm a laughy, jokey kind of nigga now. Anybody from the street look at you, I'm telling you, they in the comments. They like, yo, this towel, yo, yo, you laugh, you joke, like, right? Basically, I was violating another, a bunch of Bayesian niggas corner. This is a West Indian corner. I'd be over there all day with my gun and my bottle and I'm hustling right in front of them. I'd throw rocks at them niggas, bottles at them niggas, fuck out of here, right? This shit turned into a bad thing to the point where gunplay got involved. I got stabbed, you know, gunplay got involved. Um, I wound up getting locked up. It's funny how karma do you when it's your time, it's your time. And my time came after all of that time, I wasn't getting locked up, nothing. I got locked up in June, never had got locked up before. Maybe for four or five years, never seen police. Not for that, for other shit, maybe fighting or some, you know, whatever. Not for that, not for drugs. Got locked up June, then I got locked up July. Both for drug charges. One of them is crazy. Like I said, I was running from the police on the motorcycle. I had a 50 pack on me. These niggas chasing me. I hit a dope fiend. But another police car pulled up, was right there on the block when I hit the dope fiend. I had lost the other ones. These niggas pull up. They don't hear the call. They just like, yo, is he all right? I'm trying to fix the dope fiend. Yo, you all right? Fix his arm, like crack his arm back <laughs> in the place. You know, you, you, ain't, you don't feel that, right? Nigga hit. You know what I mean? Get your $10, get the fuck out of here. So the police is cool. They chilling like, oh, yeah, all right, cool. I put the motorcycle down. All you hear is, whoa, 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 getting closer. As you hear them getting closer, the other car that was chasing me, I'm trying to get closer to my bike. Like, oh, mm -hmm. shit, these niggas coming. They come on the block. The police is standing there. It's like, yo, yo, chill. We got it. I got it. It's just an accident. Right. Relax. They get out. Get the fuck on the floor. Da, da, da. No, he was chasing me. These police looking. I'm like, shit. They grab me, put my hand behind my back. As soon as they put my hand behind my back, I realize I got a whole bomb in my pocket. Mm. I start fighting these niggas. The crack go everywhere. <laughs> like confetti. Got him. They like, he going in his pocket. What's in his pocket? They pull it out. <laughs> Drugs everywhere. That was a major case for me. So now, basically going towards the attempted murder, I had these two drug charges. I wasn't hustling no more. But I had still, and the dude, the Bayesian minds, because I've been shooting at them so much, fucking with them so much, they had a shoot. Somebody shot them twice. They thought it was me. Mm. Right? It was the middle of the night. They thought it was me. I go in. I had did some shit on some anger shit. And I'm thinking I'm getting arrested for the anger shit. Some wild shit. I'll tell y'all when the mics is off because I'm never about yeah, incriminating yeah. myself, but some wild shit I did, right? So I'm like, oh shit, I'm about to get locked up for this because I'm walking down the block and nigga like, yeah, police got your picture. I'm like, again? Like, come on, bro. I just got locked up twice. So I already knew this is probably from the shit that happened the other day. 
I'm like, damn, son, I need a lawyer now. Cause this shit, this shit real. Right? So I call my moms, we got a lawyer, I go in there and I tell them, you know, I tell my lawyer, yo, this is what I'm about to get locked up for. He's like, all right. He's like, nigga, you old. Right? <laughs> I'm in the back room waiting for the lawyer to talk to the police to figure out so I can surrender myself because I already knew what's going on. He come in, he like, yo, I thought you said you was going to jail for this. I thought you said you was getting locked up for this. I'm like, why? Yeah, that's why I'm here. He's like, no, you're in here for attempted murder of two people. I'm like, what? Right. The fuck is you doing? I said, nigga, no, let me go talk to them. I ain't had <laughs> nothing to do with that. I ain't have nothing to do with that. I wasn't even there. Yeah. And I don't even, I heard about it in the street. I'm like, let me go talk to them. He said, yo, you want to talk to them? Ain't nothing to talk about. You are under arrest for <laughs> attempted murder. Anything you say can and will be used against you in this court of law. You're not telling them nothing. I ain't going to lie to you. When they locked me up and he left, I was still trying to talk to them. <laughs> I ain't do it. All right. Mm -hmm. Oh, yo, what you talking about? I wasn't there. I'm behind this cell. Like, let me talk to you. He's like, your lawyer said we can't talk to you. Can't. We can't take no information from you. So they, they wouldn't even talk to me. Right? Mm -hmm. This is real shit. We're talking about niggas that might have told on somebody. I don't think I, it's not, a, I'm not saying that I would have told, but I'm saying that's how niggas tell. Because they be so scared. They be saying shit. And the police, if they don't have the right lawyer, drag all this information out of them. And the next thing you know, they sitting in the cell like, damn, I just gave my man away. Yeah. <laughs> damn. Right? Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, at the time, I didn't know who did nothing. So it wasn't even about that, but it was about me clearing my name. I ain't have nothing to do with this. To answer your question, I'm on the street now. I bail myself out, right? My little niggas, my nigga Tone, my nigga Booby, and my nigga Ra. Ra probably listening to this shit right now. But um, Tone locked up. Tone doing 57 years. Booby doing 63. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. 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 My little niggas. Yeah, they doing. They doing football numbers for real, for real, right? Rob, Rob out here, he li he living, thank God. Um, but these niggas called me on the phone. I'm doing something, stressed out. These niggas like, yo, so we know. So basically, after I'm on bail for all this time, it's a whole long story. But basically, after this whole time, I'm on jail. I'm on bail. I'm losing weight. I'm about to go through all this shit. We find out one of the niggas that got shot. The nick, matter of fact, when I was in jail, the nigga, they called the, the, the witness into the jail. He was in the room. You know, they got the see-through mirror. That's him. I know him his whole life. He's the nigga that shot me. I'm in the room thinking I'm in there for this other shit. This nigga came and identified me. Him. He shot me. This is his name. That's where he lives. He shot me. I saw him. Lock him up. Meanwhile, I wasn't even there, Jack. Didn't have no... I The whole time I was shooting that niggas, I might have not shot this nigga. The reason why, he's a civilian. He had nothing to do with the streets. Mm, I was okay. He just was a friend. So as long as he don't violate, I ain't got no problem with you. 
I got enough enemies. I can pick your man, your other man, your other man. I don't need you. You know what I mean? This nigga came to court, came to the count, to the to the police precinct, and said it was me because he felt violated and he got caught up in the whole shit. So he felt to tell. Oh, you ain't had to do that to me. You could have did that to them. Why you did that to me? Because obviously I was the big bad wolf that was always fucking with them. So he felt away. So boom. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna come back to that real quick. You mentioned that you were like a Cosby kid. You grew up, you had both parents? Mm. Well, you had hardworking mother, right? Yeah. I know you mentioned that you didn't like getting bullied. Yeah. You got your Nas tape stole from you. That yeah. changed you. Yeah. But not really. That ain't changed me. What what was it that got you into doing the things you were doing? Uh it, it was a whole long cycle. But um it became a point. I was the I had I started I was working for a long time and I had risen to a point where I was the executive senior assistant. I was a senior assistant for the 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 I was this. I was the executive assistant to the senior partner of a law firm on Wall Street. I had my own office. I had my own clerk under me. They had to answer directly to me. I did the calendar for the associate partners, the senior partners. I had the keys to the office. I was working there twelve hours a day, seven days a week. Understand what I'm saying? I was there from nine to nine on Sunday. Nine to nine on Saturday. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, seven to seven. Right? Did you have kids at that time? No. Okay. But I worked damn hard. And I come to find out that the senior partner made his associate partner. Uh, she was a bartender. And he, made, he sent her to law school because he, he took a liking to her as a bartender. Took her to law school, put her through law school, and hired her until she rose through the ranks and became his partner. Right? He's 72. She's 39. Something. I don't know if she sucked his dick. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on. I didn't mm-hmm. think so. They didn't give me that type of energy. Mm-hmm. But he took a liking. You know, white people, they, they have that type of money. They could do that. Yeah. Right? Took a liking to her. Put his group through school. I'm busting my ass, bro, for them. And the whole time I'm busting my ass for them now, let's not forget, this is the years that Biggie's around, Jay's still in the street. We go into the tunnel. My man, and this is the crack era. I would save up my checks working 20, 12 hours a day, seven days a week to get a pair of Cartier glasses or iceberg shirt, right? It would take my whole check because I still got to pay my rent, right? I had my own crib. I was never really good at living with my mom. So I always had my own shit, right? Had my own car, shit like that. So I had to pay for my own shit, but I also had to get my, I say fly. I'm around drug dealers all day. All my friends are drug dealers. When I tell you these niggas could buy my Cartier glasses in four hours, that it took me two, three weeks to buy, to save up for. And I'm struggling to do that, right? Because of taxes or whatever, whatever. Nigga, I come home, these niggas will show you the type of money you've never seen before in your life. Every day. 
It's not the same money from yesterday, bro. And I'm going to tell you that because I lived it. This is not the same money from yesterday. That money home. I didn't put that somewhere else. I did something else with that. Blew that on something. Every day, these niggas, new iceberg, new this, new that every day. And I'm saving this. I'm busting my ass for these crackers. I go to the cracker. Let's say here, cracker. I want to go to school. I want to go to school, Dukes. I'm here. I know everything. I do all your billing. You billing $350 an hour. You're paying me $17 an hour. You're home, chilling, and I'm doing the work. I'm doing all the research law. I'm doing the West law. I'm doing the points, the calendar. I'm putting down your motions, everything. I'm doing all the work. I ain't say it to them like that, but I said, you know, I can do the job. I want to learn the law. Right. Let me go to the court. Let me do this. I could do it. You trust me with all your business. You trust me with your numbers, your motions, everything. So you're going to court with what I put together. <laughs> you might not have looked at this shit like that, but you knew you trusted me enough to put it together. This nigga, right? Yeah, yeah. Let me go to school. <laughs> Let me learn this shit. Let me change my mom's life. Let me show these, these motherfuckers that kicked me out of college for what I was doing that I got it. I'm good. I ain't need you. I got it. No. It's just a flat no. No. Do you want me to work harder? We want you to do what you're doing and you're not getting any more. You're the highest paid person in this office. You get paid more than some of the lawyers. The only people who get paid more is me and the other associate partner. But you, because you're working 12 hours a day, nine, you get checks that nobody else in here is getting. Because, you know, we, we, I'm not doing all that. We've done enough for you. That's what they said. And me as a Pisces, I'm emotional. And I know my power. I can't settle. I knew at that point, that was a breaking point. It was just, there was no way I could continue smiling in your face, cooning. There's no way I was going to be comfortable, right? And so I got myself fired. Excuse me. I'm going to tell you to answer your question because I know you're waiting for the answer to the question. When I started hustling, I had already been through a life where guns was already in play. Not, not necessarily by me. I had already given it up because I didn't want to be that person. But I already knew how to live. And when I started hustling on Nostrand, they wasn't about gunplay. They was more about flashy shit, cars, jewelry, shit like that, bottles, right? But I came from a history in my life where the niggas who I was around, matter of fact, come, come to find out the same nigga who sent the, his, the hit at me, me and him used to get busy together with robbing niggas and shit like that. When I decided to take the drug game, Seriously, after I left Wall Street, I was a light-skinned nigga that just left Wall Street and I couldn't be playing with these niggas because they're going to say you the light-skinned nigga that lives with his moms and you just left Wall Street. What the fuck is you doing in here? My gun big, nigga. And I'm going to give it up, nigga. And I got a, a nigga from the hood robbed me. He came up to me. I'm trying to hustle. I'm doing my best. Just to fast forward to, to your point, I'm doing my best to hustle. And a nigga, my, name, my man Nick, he know, Nick, Nostrand Avenue. My niggas know him. What's good? 
But at the time, he ain't respect me. So he came to me. He said, yo, let me get 10 jacks. This nigga up the block one. 10 jacks. You got crack? You got crack? 10 jacks is $10 pieces, right? So 10, I gave him $10 pieces. 10, $10 pieces. And he went around the corner to get a fiend. And he's going to come back to me with $100. And Nick disappeared. And I knew it was because nobody really respected me. A couple did because they see me in action some late nights or whatever, whatever. But the hood, the Nostranav, the niggas, the Mainos, the Dykos, the, the real niggas, they didn't know me like that. Fuck out of here, little nigga. Fuck is you. You shouldn't even be over here like that, right? I went and got my hammer. And I jumped in my car with my nigga Booby. And I caught, I caught Nick. On the corner of Marcy and Quincy. Marcy Avenue, yeah, Quincy Street. Nick was on the corner laughing with his man. I parked across the street. I said, Booby, stay in the car. Booby got out the car and stood by the car. He ain't stay in the car. The nigga don't listen. <laughs> <laughs> I went over to Nick. I said, yo, you got my money? And he said, I ain't got nothing for you. I said, Nick, I'm going to tell you one more time. Give me my money, my nigga. He said, I ain't going to, what you want to do, fight? And he was with his man. And his man started laughing. That's the wrong thing to do. When I tell you, I backed that motherfucker out so fast, Nick looked at me like, <gasps> Booby said, no! <laughs> and the reason he said no is because when I went to click, the police pulled up mm. to the light. He said, no! And so when I went to look, I seen the boys and I, I, I kind of like spun with the pistol. So it's like my body is towards them. I'm looking at Nick. Nick is looking at me like, like what you going? Like, I'm looking, what you, what the I'm waiting for them. And Booby looking at me like. And I turned around, and I started walking up the block with the hammer. The next day, I come outside. Booby must have took my truck, met me on the street, whatever, whatever. I went about my business because I realized, you, nigga, you wildin', right? But I had to do this by myself because I got a team of 20 niggas or something. I needed to do that for me. I didn't want to go to my mans. I didn't want to tell them. I didn't, first of all, I didn't want to tell them I got robbed by one of the odd niggas or one of the niggas that they liked and didn't like me. I didn't want to tell them that. So I went and did this on my own. I come outside. The next day, Nick is on the corner. Boy, when I tell you that nigga came over to me with my hundred dollars. <laughs> that nigga said, yo, Tao, yo. I said, yo, blood. First, I think somebody had talked to me already before that, because I knew this was, I knew something good was coming out of this. He came my money. I said, yo, let me tell you something. I don't want to see you on my corner no more. This is his corner. He grew up on this block. I said, if I, I don't want to see you on my corner no more. We good, but you can't be on this block no more. We talking about the Wall Street nigga, the light-skinned nigga, Cosby kid. He said, yo, all right, I respect that. I ain't see him until we was good. Later on in life, we became good. We started giving him pounds and he, you know, everything, everything. But he knew, he seen that look in my face. That's a desperate nigga that's going, he's going to do what you got to do. And at that moment in life, to answer your question, my nigga, I knew that that was no hoes barred. And I knew everybody over there knew that I was about to kill Nick. So let's fast forward. Your mic on? Oh, my fault. I'm kind of leaning. You good? Yeah. yeah. 
I don't know. I'm talking too much. No, no, no. This is is what we want. Yeah. Yeah. But just fast forward, you know, because Tom, um, when you came home, how hard was it for you to adjust? To I mean, because you we we did an episode before, and you know, you said you came home and you just wanted to live. You know, I mean, straight and narrow. I'm gonna tell you. Let me tell you. Was it hard for you? Were you paranoid? You know, I mean, like how was it? I had already had a job before I hit the street. I'm not a normal case, right? Also, I got acquitted of attempted murder. I I, I didn't tell you. I didn't finish the story. Finish it. Right? Because I want to know. You had your file, you was yeah. reading, yeah. and then what happened? So, boom. Basically, Ra, Tone, Booby call me from the gambling spot and say, the witness is here. We're going to kill this nigga right now. We got him. Go somewhere where his camera's at. We're going to kill this nigga. I'm like, son, you can't do it. They already know it's me. They already know all of the shit that I did. You can't do this, son. I'm on bail. Please don't. Son, we're going to kill this nigga. Hang up on me. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm running. Yo, boy, when I'm in my car, I'm calling these niggas, calling these niggas. Because now, you got to think about it. I'm smart. They got the phone call. They got the phone call from them to me. They got me calling these niggas. It's too much going on. You can't do it. These niggas from the street, they don't give a fuck about that. You can't kill this nigga with all of this communication. They know, people know that they seen you there. It's over. You can't do this. It's going to look like I had something to do with it. They pick up the phone. Like, yo, boy, I'm five minutes away. You can't do it. I'm too close. I'm coming over there. Bring the nigga outside. I pull up to the spot. I'm across the street. They bring the nigga down by his fucking elbow. You ever know when you ain't getting in trouble by like the dean? They <laughs> <laughs> yeah. had that nigga by the elbow, bro. They had the nigga like they was uh, fucking law and order when they bringing the nigga in the court. One on each side, they had that nigga like that. Put him in the front seat of the car next to me and sat in the back. Bro, these niggas was crazy. My, my little niggas was, man. <laughs> I love these little niggas, man. These niggas was like that, son. Sat in the back seat behind a nigga. I said, we talking. I said, low. You can't testify, bro. I had nothing to do with that. Nothing to do with it. You're working with the DA. You're telling them it's me. I never had no problem with you. Ah, right? All of this shit. He like, yo, but somebody shot me. My arm is fucked up. I can't sleep. Uh, my dick don't get hard. Like he, all of these things. Nigga got shot four times. He, his body different. Same way they said in Pain and Fool. Think different, talk different, walk different. Body different. His, he had one of them shits with his fingers stuck like this. Like in a claw, like a dinosaur claw. For the people listening. Right? This nigga couldn't move his shit. He walked different. He became alcoholic to deal with the pain or the bullets. Now he's already alcoholic. <laughs> now that I think about it, they was already alcoholics, but he fell off. He was a working nigga. Now he just on disability type shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. He like, uh, uh, now. I'm giving y'all too much gems because it's all supposed to be in my book. <laughs> Basically, a little history on that. The nigga who did it was my man. So when I get locked up for it, I had to go to my man and I tell my man, 
yo, they locked me up for this shit. Tell me the situation. How was it? Where was you standing? You know, how, like, where's the bullet, the shells? You know, give me the information so I could tell my lawyer and we could figure out a defense for me. What time was it, right? Who was around? Shit like that. He's giving me all the information. But at the same time, he want to take my spot on the block. So he goes try to stand in my spot. Nigga, I've been shooting at these niggas for six years. They don't know you like that. They don't fuck with you like that. This is, this is, no, that's a bad, that's, that's, that's wrong. When I got locked up for the crack, I stopped hustling. So he tried to take my spot, but they didn't fuck with him like that. And they didn't respect him like that. So they shot him. Mm. Right? Mm. And so because they shot him, he caught them slipping another day, months later, and tried to retaliate. Right? From the dark. So this is when I go to him, how does this, that, and the other, other, other. But in the process of all of that happening, I got to have my little niggas hustling for me because I can't hustle. I got to pay uh, my, my lawyer one thirty thousand to take the case. $30,000. Last time any of y'all seen 30000 in cash. I'm trying to get this off the corner from some little nigga that loves smoking and fucking with these little bitches because he got a little chain on his neck. Right? So I got a little nigga. I need you to hustle, nigga. Hustle. This nigga, my man, telling the nigga he can't hustle on my corner while he out there. So now I got to keep pressing my man. Yo, why you putting him on? You know he there for me. Uh, yo, I'm just saying a little nigga reckless. Uh, I don't give a fuck, nigga. You can't even hustle over here if it wasn't for me. I made this spot over here. You standing in my step, like my shoes. Like, Dukes, let my man get money. Dukes, enough money. Let my man get money. He keep undercutting my little nigga. I call my man, his cousin. See his cousin, my man, my nigga should, should know what it is with me and him. We did work together. And y'all know what I mean by work. We did work together. It's my man. He respect my play. I said, Sugar, I ain't gonna lie, I'm about to knock your man. I'm about to, I'm about to hurt your, your cousin, bro. And I'm telling you that because I love you. But I'm gonna hurt your cousin. I'm on bail. The nigga know what it is. I'm going to jail for him. I'm going to trial for him. I ain't say nothing. I'm standing tall. He out here talking about he can't get, I can't get money. He ain't giving me no money to help my lawyer. He ain't helping me. He telling my little man he can't hustle next to him. He did, he stood in my shoes. I told this nigga, do not hustle over there. They not gonna fuck with you. Your gunplay ain't like that, Dukes. You, yo, more money, more murder. That's how you gotta keep giving it up in them streets. I know y'all, I know it sounds like, like crazy, but that's how, that's the only way they're gonna respect you. The robber's going to want it. The, the, the stick-up kids, they're going to want you, nigga, if they don't think your shit's smoking. If you don't keep the end of your barrel smoking, they're going to come, nigga. The other hustlers, they're going to come, nigga. They're not going to respect you. The fiends might respect you more just because they know you give it up. And the other nigga over there got better work. They're not going to come buy shit from him in front of you. Tell him, yo, meet us around the corner. That nigga crazy. Yeah. <laughs> right there. Right? His cousin come down the block. Yo, come on, come with me. Walks me to the nigga crib. All this is going somewhere. I know y'all like, oh, you, tell, you talk too much. 
It's the douce. Y'all keep bringing me douce. Y'all put it in the Tito's cup. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. You good. The nigga, my, his cousin, my nigga Shug, walks me to his crib. Says, yo, the nigga comes downstairs. Yo, Shug says to the nigga, didn't I tell you to pay this nigga his money and let him get the money for his lawyer. What the fuck is wrong with you? He like, yo, I know, but this, that, and the other. I ain't. He said, so you ain't get this nigga no money yet? No. You ain't this, any other? He's like, yo, why you fronting, Dukes? He basically says to the nigga, and you wasn't even the nigga who shot this nigga. You telling everybody that you shot the nigga, who shot the nigga? Mm. I'm standing there. My mouth is open. You shot him. Mm. His cousin shot him. What happened was the night they got shot, the night he got shot, his cousin was with him. Mm. Cousin a real nigga. The bullet hit him and another one went through his cousin's jersey. And his cousin like, I don't hustle over here nothing. Y'all niggas shot while I'm here? You niggas could have hurt me? Over this nigga clown shit? You ain't respect me enough? Right? So his cousin knew what it was, where they was. His cousin laid it down. But this nigga running around telling everybody it was him. And to make matters worse, he's telling me he wasn't, yo, the nigga, to make matters worse, he said, and you wouldn't even come with me. When we got the call, these niggas was over there. You wanted to stay in the crib. You ain't even come with me. I'm like, what? I'm like, I'm asking you the information about the case. You wasn't even there. So he giving you bullshit information. Giving me bullshit. So then what happened? So basically, I knew I was going to kill him. I knew I was going to kill him. It wasn't even a... I, first of all, I'm on three cases. I'm on three, three arrests right now. So I'm not going to kill you right now. But your time is coming. You think you my man? I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. For one, because you're not helping me with my lawyer. Two, for not, for not letting my man hustle. Three, for thinking you could stand in my shoes. Four, for giving me more motherfucking, the, the wrong information. That means you telling me go suck your dick. Did did they ever help you with your lawyer or? No, nah, I wound up getting the money. Oh. I don't know. I don't even remember, but not enough for me to not remember wanting to kill a nigga. Oh. I'm going to keep it like that. That, that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. So now when the witness gets in the car, I'm telling the nigga, I'm telling the witness, I'm like, back to, to bring it off for it. I said, yo. Damn, I'm not answering none of y'all questions. Now you good. Regardless, you're telling the story. <clears throat> when the witness is sitting in the car, He's like, yo, somebody got to pay for this. I'm like, listen, little nigga, I'm going to keep it real with you. I can't tell you who shot you because you already cooperating. If I tell you, all you're going to do is run to the DA. Now I'm telling. Mm-hmm. I'm telling. Mm-hmm. Once I do that, don't come to court. I said, I'm going to do you like this. This is how I'm going to do you. If you don't come to court next week, you'll find out who shot you in the obituary. You don't come, 
I guarantee you the minute you don't come to court, I'm going to kill a nigga. That's how I gave it up. And I was dead serious. I knew all his moves. I knew where he lived. I knew where his mama lived. I knew where his girl lived. I wanted it anyway. I wanted it. Like, nigga, like what? Because you got to think about it. With everything I've always done in the street, it was always about respect. It was always about respect. This nigga has been wilding on me. Your man. Your man. You wilding. How you telling me information you wasn't even near and I'm going to court for you? Because you, you violated. I told you don't even go over there. You not like that. And you thought it was sweet. So basically, you thought I was pussy from the first place. Because you wouldn't try to stand in my shoes like I ain't heard it. And you went over there and got shot, nigga. <laughs> I put in work, dukes. With my fists, my head, my hustle, everything, nigga. And you thought you was just going to go over there like, this nigga pussy. Then you basically call me pussy. Every day since I took this shit, dukes. I wanted it, dukes. The witness said, cool. The witness said, yeah, all right. That's how you're going to do it? I said, yeah. That's the only way I could do it. If you do that, you know me, my life. I know you think. I, you, he, I, he could tell I ain't do it by that time. I'm crying. I cried in that car. I cried in that car. Stress, nigga. You imagine holding somebody else attempted murder in your hands for fucking eight months? And this nigga's doing you like that in the street all around you? You losing weight, face breaking out. You know what I mean? You look crazy. I'm used to living. Wow, remember I told you about Willie and this shit? <laughs> I look crazy out here. I go to court next week. Judge opens the court. The DA stands up. Your Honor, before we start, I've never gone through anything like this, but apparently the defendant has threatened the witness, told him not to come to court, or he gonna die. Wow. I ask that you remand his $40,000 bail and have him remanded to Rikers Island. I got remanded. Started going to court. Basically, to answer your question, how I beat it was I had the court papers. I ain't had nothing else to do. I'm in fucking, I'm on the island now. Remember all these situations I was telling you? I'm on the island now. I'm reading. I know every witness. I'm reading the detectives. I'm reading the this, that, this, that. I'm reading all this shit. My lawyer was not good, bro. My lawyer, you got to, yo, to anybody out there that's listening, make sure you got a lawyer that's done this before. Just because he's a lawyer doesn't mean they nothing. If he don't understand the streets, if he don't understand the courses, if he don't understand, just because he understands the law don't mean nothing. You ever been to a doctor and you tell them some symptoms and they go typing the shit in the Google looking for the fucking... <laughs> you don't want a nigga looking like that doing that with your life? You want a nigga to say, okay, this will happen. I need you to find out this in the street. Find out this. Find out this. This is how we going to play it. Have a whole outline. My, my lawyer was some shit my mom must have found cute to somebody or something. 
And she's like, yeah, let's get him. He's tall and he's black and he <laughs> looks professional. <laughs> who knew this nigga might have been a real estate attorney? Who I don't know who this nigga been. I, I don't know nothing about the law. All I know is I, I'm going to get the money. Can he see me? He got eye here. But I wasn't smart and I wasn't connected. I wasn't around people. You, you only as smart as your OG and my OG was a dickhead. So I ain't know nothing. Right? I studied the whole shit. Long story short, we in trial to, to how I got off the attempted murder just to bring it home. I know, like I said, I talk too much. Y'all got to go record. But how I got off the attempted murder, the DA comes out. One day we at trial and the DA comes in the hallway and says to my lawyer, why you didn't ask for the 911 tapes? The DA. And I'm going to tell you one thing. That DA had a hard heart. Boy, her dick was hard. She was right under Charles, Charles Hines. When we in there for arraignment or whatever, whatever, this DA, the judge is there on his stand. This DA walked into court, stood, sat in the jury pool, looked at me, right? Or some shit like this. Stood up and stood in front of the judge and leaned against his bench. Like he's here. Mm-hmm. She's right there like this, staring at me. Wow. In the courtroom. Y'all understand that? She violated his whole proceedings. She didn't give a fuck. This is my house. She was telling me, this is my house. She had a, she had a thing for me. She comes out to court one day while we in the middle of whatever we're doing. And she's like, why you never asked for the 911 tapes? My lawyer's like, uh, 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 uh. She's like, I have to give it to you because it's part of discovery because I'm going to reveal, I'm going to reveal it. But I just don't understand why you wouldn't ask for them. And I'm sitting there like, what? why didn't you ask for them? Because right. <laughs> I'm overwhelmed with all this information. I didn't even think, oh, there's 911 callers. This is how right. they found out. I didn't know. Right. They're not going to spell out the whole case for you. Yeah. They're going to write yeah. it down. Like, this is where we're going to go left. And then we're going to say this. And then we're going to say that. But they have to give you the information. For you to defend yourself. It's called discovery. That's when I knew I had to pay attention. We get to court, and this is this is this is one way that I won. The CSU people who who get to the scene examine the scene. They're the people who have to talk about everything that goes on with the scene of the crime. And they talk, start talking about the 911 tapes. I told you I was 138 pounds. The person who shot this person, two people called. Both of them said 230 pound black man, 6263. They lived there, right there. So they were right where the shell case, they were right where the shell cases from the gun were found. The shell cases were from the gun was 100 feet away. 100 feet. This nigga must have been a marksman. This nigga must have been John Wick or some shit. A hundred feet? A hundred feet? That's far. This nigga gave it up from a hundred feet away, shot one nigga four times, shot another nigga two times. Shot both of them from a hundred feet away in the middle of the night. 230 pounds. My lawyer said, sir, he told me stand up. I stand up. (laughs) (laughs) Bro, I damn near ripped my motherfucking suit off. Trying to stay. <laughs> Ask the CSU nigga, how much do you think my client weighs? 150 pounds. 
How tall do you think my client is? Thank God I had on flats. <laughs> you know niggas with Tims and shit. Mm-hmm. Yeezy boots, nigga. <laughs> I had on some shoes. <laughs> oh, that nigga said about 5'10", 5'11". Does that match the description of your shooter? CSU nigga, the nigga that they asked to come in tapes. No. Everybody on my side of the room. <laughs> right? Hold up. The DA now, being that I had caused such a disturbance in the neighborhood over the last couple of years, they have task force, TNT, shit like that, right? Now, TNT, they, they usually come from somewhere else, but they're fed information from, your, you know, the detectives and everything that's going on in the neighborhood. They had a folder on me, but that folder never made it to me. They never arrested me for nothing. They never had no... Uh, uh, conspiracy, nothing. They never had nothing on me. So they just had information that was in that folder. She fucked up because she tried to have one of the detectives from that unit testify about what was in that folder. But she didn't give us discovery on that detective. So when she goes to introduce him to the court to prove my, to basically go against my character, I'm looking through the discovery. My, my lawyer's standing there waiting to listen to what she got to say. I'm looking through the discovery. I don't see nothing. I'm looking through all my paperwork. I'm like, I don't know. Who the You're fuck like, is this oh, nigga? Excuse me. Yeah. I call my lawyer. I'm like, yo, who the fuck is this nigga? We don't have no discovery on this nigga. What's going on? He's like, what? I'm like, he's not here. There's no here. He's not here. He cannot. What, what? He, uh, Your Honor, he did, uh, she didn't give us discovery on this, this person. We don't know who this person is. We have no notes. We have nothing on this person. The, the, mm-hmm. the, the judge says, uh, is this true? Have you not given discovery on this person? She's looking through her notes up. Uh, or, uh, uh, Guess not. No, he lost his notebook. Well, he can't testify. Right. He can't. This is hearsay. You can't just bring anybody in here to say anything about somebody. They have to have some connection to this case or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's like, you're on it. That's it. Next, do you have another witness? Uh, can I get a recess? You know, my people is there because I'm remanded, but my people's mm-hmm. there. They are in the hallway. She goes in the hallway, start crying. Because mm-hmm. this nigga had me for all of the shit that I've done. All of the things, bullets and all the, mm-hmm. everything that I've done that they, my name came up, but they mm-hmm. never really had no proof was, was in his file. And he was mm-hmm. supposed to make the case for her. Mm-hmm. And then you come to, to why I got acquitted. Uh, the witness was a drunk. Mm-hmm. Oh. And he never said that night that he got shot, he never said it was me. He got shot. He was, he, the police asked him, did you see who shot you? No, I didn't see who shot me. And oh, then changed his, and then went and to the grand jury and said it was Tahoe. Right? Oh. So grand jury means that later on, they know they're going to indict you. They bring the witness or whatever, whatever. Right. He changed his story then. So he already given a statement to the police at the mm-hmm. scene, changed his testimony at the grand jury, mm-hmm. and then try to further it Mm-hmm. drawing when he pointed he came to trial and tried to point me out at trial he said it was him standing over from 100 feet away yeah. but you went to the bar at 7 and you got shot at 1 and you were drinking from 7 to 1 mm. and you could identify this person from 100 feet away right. just like that but you didn't see him until you started getting shot so you looked down the yeah. barrel of these bullets and was like <laughs> oh, oh that was Tao right <laughs> I got acquitted so anybody <clears throat> you, 
So you were locked up for a year for drug charges. And then when you came home, right. was it your first instinct to change your life? And before I went to jail. Before you went to jail, it was? I left the dopest woman I've ever probably been with because she was my connect to the game. She got me all my guns. She got the nigga who taught me how to, to whip crack. She was everything. She was, she was, she's the baddest bitch I've ever met. And I left her in a bad way. I fucked up when I did it like that. But, and she'll never respect me again. And I I understand why, but I knew that. Yo, when I got acquitted from attempted murder, from a nigga pointing you out and saying, yo, him, I know him my whole life. I thought I was never going to see the street again. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I hear you see your man, like your man. You hear the niggas on the stand. He's saying it was him. I know this nigga a long time. Mm-hmm. When they said not guilty, something clicked. And they wouldn't even let me go back to the island and get my shit. It was like, you're not a, you're not a, uh, you're not a criminal anymore. We can't bring you back to the island. Mm. But you can't. Right? So they let me out the back door. And the next thing you know, I was in the, I've been on the island for a couple of months or whatever. And the next thing you know, you don't see nothing on the island. Pigeons and, and, and fucking seagulls and shit like that. And the next thing you know, is a Dunkin' Donuts and cars and people. And right there, I'm standing on top of the steps and all my family is down there talking to people and they laughing and, and, and I'm standing on top of the steps and I'm looking, I'm like, it's not real. Like all of a sudden, it's not real. It's, just, it's not real, right? And so I'm living in this glowing space in, in my existence. And I get in the car with my girl, the girl I'm talking about who I always respect, but she's been living and she was mad at me because my baby mother is the one who testified to say where I was at that night. I was at my baby mother's house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was fucking with both of them. Mm-hmm. I ain't gonna lie. When I was in the street, she, she was the type of bitch. She knew I was fucking with other bitches. She was crazy. I was crazy. And I was fucking with other bitches and I was fucking with my baby mother. And I would live, I would go stay with my baby mother because my kid was there. I wasn't fucking my baby mother, but I would go stay over there. You know what I mean? Because this is my family. Mm-hmm. And I wanted my family to have me in their life. So even if I'm fucking with you, I'm going to my baby mother crib because that's where I feel like being and you annoying. <laughs> right? And I would stay over there. Mm-hmm. And then I'd come home when I come home. I guess what... Hey, wait, 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 wait. Sorry, wait. I ain't answered. I'm sorry. I know. I to- I'm, I'm long-winded, but this is a long, it's a long thing. I'm sorry. Sherry. No, no, no. It's fine. I got in the car... And we talking about from this glowing moment with me standing on the top of them stairs, right, Sherry? And I asked her something or something, and she's like, why you ain't have your baby mama drive you home since you want to be over there or have her? T-? And I'm sitting there. My mother's in the car. I'm literally five minutes off of being acquitted from fucking attempted murder charges, 15 to 25, and I'm free. I know I still got these two drug charges I got to go back to court for, but right now I'm free. And you're talking about my baby mama right now, right now. And I realized at that moment that if I was, so boom, there's more to it. I told her, let me out on no string. 
gonna walk home because you tripping me out. I've been in jail. I want to see my block. And I'm thinking these niggas is, I'm thinking the block changed. I'm thinking the block died. Not died, but it was waiting. I thought they were sad. I thought they would be like, sad. Like this yeah. nigga been locked up. Yo, my man ain't here. He ain't here to hold it down. Damn, damn, right? Boy, when I hit the block, I'm walking on the block. Niggas crackheads walk running across the street. They doing this, they doing that. Niggas hustling. Everybody moving. People walking to work, coming back from where everybody's moving. Everybody's living. I get to the block where all this at. These niggas shooting dice. These niggas shooting dice on the day that I might have been locked up forever. And I looked at these niggas who never held a gun in their hand. I'm the nigga that was holding that block down. But I'm also the Wall Street nigga. I'm also the Cosby kid. And I'm like, you don't belong here. Who you trying to prove something to? They not going to miss you. Look, they don't miss you, nigga. You almost gave your life away for this shit. Keeping it real with these niggas that wouldn't even tell you the real shit about what happened that night. Wouldn't even help you with your lawyer. These niggas don't care about you, bro. You asking me what changed me? I don't know if it was the acquittal or me seeing them shooting dice. Knowing I done shot niggas for these niggas. Me, the Wall Street nigga. And they know it. They know it. I done shot niggas for you niggas. Put my life on the line for you niggas and they didn't even think twice. You niggas didn't even, the, the days that I did that, you niggas would stay in the house the next day. And I'd be out there with my gun on me, cracking my pocket. Let a nigga violate. Me, I'm out there. The next day, same day I did the work for you. You stay in the house because you scared to come outside. And I'm the nigga with a resume. <laughs> I'm the nigga with a resume. And so if you ask me what changed me, it was realizing you really going to sell yourself for 10 cents cheaper than the dollar? 20, 90 cents cheaper? If you're going to say like that, 10 cents on the dollar? Because that's what you're doing. You're worth so much more than what you're doing. All right, you was fed up at the lawyer, but you was lawyer material. You was lawyer material. You, you allowing that? And I went home. And I knew I had to leave. That was before the court case. The court case was two, three months later. That was when I knew I had to go back, turn mm -hmm. myself in and all that. But I knew then. And I started making a plan at that point to get the fuck out the game. And here you are today. Well, brother, you're home now for yeah. good. Yeah. Doing quite well for yourself. You know what I'm so, saying? You got a podcast. I got a podcast called So Shameless. It's live. It's dope. But I do want to say I am writing a book on all of this. And I know I went left and right. And, you know, I actually asked y'all because I have never really spoken about this, right? Mm -hmm. But I've never really spoken about this, right? But I want to, and I want people to understand there's so much to this. And the book starts from when I was a kid. It starts from all of the aggression I felt and the fear. And the first time I see somebody get killed to the second time I see somebody get killed and being around Biggie and being in the tunnel and Jim Jones, it's, just, it's, it's so much to everything, right? And it even goes through my connection with Mano. Damn, I'm dread name dropping everything. <laughs> at the end of the day, there are things that relate because these are real moments of my life. And it goes through me working. It goes through me uh, becoming a drug dealer, domestic violence, 
trying to find myself, being on the run, attempted murder, trial, jail. And hopefully y'all enjoy this shit. Um, but this is a dope series, man. And hopefully whoever comes after my shit is doper than my shit. Because I know I was left and right and drinking and I got fruit in front of me. And you say, I don't know where I'm at right now. That was a good story. Well, I and I feel it, like um, a great, I feel like it is a, a great prequel to the, your book. Like yes. a, like a, like That's a, it is, I want more. Yeah. So I want That's more. I got to read the book. So much to it, bro. So yeah. much to it. And all of us live real shit. All yeah. of us live real shit. We've a lot of y'all been through shit, you know what I mean? And we, I, I could sit here and listen to y'all shit, but this is just something I've been wanting to get out for a long time. But it, you know, uh, I started writing it in jail, Jack. And that was mm-hmm. thirteen years ago, so I've been working on it for a long time. Because I know you, yeah. I, I listen to your show and like I've heard you tell other stories, so most of that shit is in there. Yeah, yeah. shit, shit, live, man. It's some real shit. Man. Can you let everybody know where they can find you? My name is Tahoe. Underscore TV. I be on Instagram um, talking a lot of live shit. I'm funny in the stories and I'm mm-hmm. kind of inspirational in the feed. Mm-hmm. You can find He's me over there. He's a handyman. Yeah. You know, I do a couple things. <laughs> you know, uh, I don't jerk off as much as I did when I was in jail. Uh, um, but you can also catch me uh, so shameless with the fabulous Miss Daja Bell who basically challenges all my thought patterns on just being a toxic gotcha. black man and just, you know, me and her go left and right. Mm-hmm. Boy, I swear, we've been sparring for a minute. Mm-hmm. We've been sparring for a minute. I just want to tell Miss Dodger Bella, I appreciate her. DJ Trauma's on the show. He's my my ace. We've been around for a long time. So, show Shameless Podcast. You can catch us anywhere that the podcast is at. You know what I'm saying? Noriega, Noriega you was a sucker for what you did. Mm. Awesome. Well, Ty, we appreciate you. Thanks for letting us come through. Hear your story. Looking forward to the book. I really ain't going to talk, son. I we really he- let we me talk for an hour and a half. We heard your story. How long was this? A little while. Yeah. An hour and a half. An hour and a half. perfect. We appreciate you, brother. Yes. We might have to do it again. Thank you so Love much. This. Appreciate you. Peace. So shameless. This episode of the Survivor Series, The Cancer Chronicles, was created, written, and inspired by Cherry Poppins. Recorded and mixed by Jay Omega. And me, I was just here. The Survivor Series is a production of the Officially Street Podcast. 